to the Bale Brewing Showcase episode of... Brutal Battle. Yes, and uh, yeah, Rebecca's taking the helm of this. That's why she started the episode talking, and that's great for me because I just get to drink. And I'm yeah, always a fan of that's that. That's always nice. I mean, I'll say things here and there, obviously, and I'm going to be pitching in a lot, obviously, like we both do with evaluating the beers. There is a disclaimer, though. I'm going to put this up front. We have tasted one of these beers already. The other three we have not. And the one that we tasted we did not like. Now, we're going to give it another shot on the podcast and see if we feel differently about it. Like maybe it was too cold when we had it before or something we ate before we had it. I, I don't know. But we'll give it another shot. We will tell you which one it is when we are trying it. But other than that, we haven't had the other three beers we obtain these beers through the brewery, their DC store, which if people heard our brewery showcase episode for Southern Grist Brewing, that's how we got those beers. And I explained that basically since I'm in their reserve society, they give you like pre-sale options to purchase these guest brewery beers. I don't get any discount or anything on them. You just get early access basically. And they'll hold them for two weeks at the store. So when the veil popped up, we were like, Hey, we've been to the Vale in Richmond before, talked about them on the show, have really enjoyed a lot of their beers, so let's order some, and we'll do a showcase, because we've never done a Vale showcase episode. So, here we go. Okay. And we start off with one. Oh, yeah. That's right. So, the first one is one of their uh, IPAs, and it's Shore Shore, but there's a period between all the letters in Shore. So Maybe I it stands for something. Yeah, I assume it stands for something. I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, one of the things to note about the, the Vale in general is a lot of their beers will have double names. Like, it'll be a word duplicated on it, which is Shore Shore. Or there's one that I know of, of Master Master Shredder Shredder. Or, you know, there's one of the beers we're having here called Creep Creep. You know, they do that a lot. Now, I'm not 100% sure why they do that. But my theory is that they do it as in making it easier to get the rights to use the name of that beer. Because if someone else has the beer name Shore out there, hmm. if you do Shore Shore, then I think technically you can use that name because okay. it's a duplication. So it's technically a different title. Now, once again, I don't know for, for sure, but just theorizing. So anyway, yeah, this is just a double dry hopped IPA by them, most likely hazy because I think all their IPAs are hazy, and it is 6% alcohol. But I will say that it's very hard to read that. You try and read that and tell me if you can. It's at the bottom. Yeah. It's like microscopic. It's so small. Yeah. It's like microscopic level writing, and that's one of the things I hate about their labels is that they don't tell you a whole lot what's on there because you have to be able to like really see super small writing. But, um, I don't think it matters for them because they have such a huge reputation and they sell their beer out pretty much all the time. I think so. It's not a big deal for them. Anyway, here we go. 16 ounce cans, by the way, for all these beers. That's been their main mode of, of packaging beers for a long time. Uh, it smells really good coming out, I'll tell you that. Mm. As is the case with these hazies, wonderful smells. All right, let's see. 
Now, our typical uh, disclaimer on the fact that we're not huge on hazy IPAs in general, uh, that said, we will evaluate it as best we can, knowing it's a hazy. So, yeah, it's unbelievably hazy. It's very hazy. It's really yellow. Very yellow, very hazy. It's got a slight orange to it, but really yellow. And, man, that head's really sticking around. It's like a creamy, real creamy-looking head to it. Okay. Smells really good. Smells excellent. There's like a sweet mango in there. Because there's like a a little bit of like a sugary sweetness Mm -hmm. to the entire smell. And then I get like a mango. I get a pineapple Definitely pineapple. I was just going to say pineapple. Mango, pineapple. I feel like I get a slight... Now I'm confused. I get a slight pine... But I don't know if that's part of that mango, mango. smell. Yeah, because mango definitely has a piney note. Yeah, it's like citrus pine mix. And I smell like a slight caramelly, malty mm-hmm. note in there. I think that it, I think there's pine. I'm, I feel like there's definitely pine. Though. Legit, like on its own pine? Yeah. This nose is outstanding. Yeah, it's I think good. it smells great. It smells very good. If it tastes like this, I'm sold. I think it's good. Yeah. That's a... Once again, with these hazy IPAs, the noses are insanely robust and juicy and just punch you in the nose. And the the flavor is always way dialed down. But that said, I would say that even though that is the case with this beer, I'm feeling like, at least after my first sip, and I'll do more, the flavor is mirroring the smell. Yeah. So what are you getting? I definitely get, it's got that kind of yeasty, definitely flowery finish. And there's a decent bitterness, too, on the mm-hmm. finish. It's not too much, though. Because with me, with the hazy IPAs, when that finish is just, it's like super yeasty. It's it's real kind of like, tastes like baking flour. You're just like, oh, that's yeah. so off-putting. But this has a little bit of that, but it's it's pretty well in check, I think. I'm definitely getting the pine. Yeah. So I think the pine's more pronounced in the flavor than yes. in the nose, for sure. I get the mango, though. I get the pineapple mm-hmm. in the flavor. Not as robust as in the nose, though. Mm-mm. And there's a slight just orange thrown in mm-hmm. there as well. This is good. It's It's easy. It's tasty. It's a good IPA. I enjoy that. It kind of reminds me of how we felt about the first Vale beers we ever had when we first went down to Richmond some years ago, and that was their uh, Fire Emoji and their Master Master Shredder Shredder, which we had the option to buy the Master Master Shredder Shredder when we purchased these beers, but I was like, well, we should try one of their other IPAs. Yeah. So. Okay, so the Vale opened in April of 2016 in the Scott's Edition area of Richmond, Virginia, by Dustin Durance. Duran. Duran. Duraney. I don't know. We were talking about this before the podcast, and there's a lot of debate on how the last name is pronounced. There's no C. I couldn't read my handwriting. It's two E's. It's like Duraney, maybe, is my guess. Anyway, um, so Dustin, Dave... Michelo. Michelo and Matt Tarpey. Got it. And Matt is the head brewer. Oh, cool. Um, 
So I couldn't really find anything about Dustin and Dave, but there was a lot about Matt since he's the head brewer. Yeah, that ends up being the case with a lot of the articles you find on breweries is they usually just have, I don't know if it's just intentionally have access to one person or they just talk to one person from the brewery. So that mainly just be, ends up being the person you know, you know, know things about. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that he's the head of brewer makes the most sense though. Cause people are like, I don't, I don't think they want to know about, you know, the day to day operations and accounting and stuff yeah. like that. So a little bit about Matt. So unlike a lot of the other breweries, he did not start as a home brewer. Really? Which is interesting. He is a musician. Okay. Like so, classically trained or went to college? For I don't know. Or? All I know is he was a musician and he was tired of the lifestyle, looking okay. looking for a new career. And he started volunteering, helping them mash beer at O'Connor. I haven't heard of that. And he would work for them at five in the morning and then go to another job and work four to seven to 4 PM and then go back to the brewery from four to seven. That sounds like that sucks. So he did that for six. <laughs> he did that for six months. Okay. At least it's for like a finite amount of time, but and yeah. And after that, that they offered him a job as a brewer. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, it, but that's the thing is a lot of these breweries that are more of the, the ones that end up going with brewers who aren't weren't home brewers before, a lot of them end up being people who just came and volunteered to put in work at breweries and got the experience that way and learned the ropes that way. Um, you do find a bunch of those types of stories. I mean, Phil, Rudy from Independent Brewing, not far from us in Maryland, when he was on the podcast, he even talked about it. He was saying that he he knew how to brew. He had done home brewing and everything, but he wanted eventually to start his own brewery. So when he was out on the West Coast, he would go and just like, if he had a free weekend, he would just call up or email a brewery and be like, hey, do you need help with anything? Just to get in there and get, get experience, experience yeah. and like learn a little bit more. Yeah. And while he was there, he would just ask him. He would just be like, you know, what are you, what are you doing? You know, walk me through this. Like, what do you yeah. do in this instance? Just gaining the knowledge. Yeah. So... After he was offered a job as brewer, he said he really just fell in love with brewing. So that was kind of... Nice. Um, so after that, um, he has a very robust brewing history, which we'll talk about after the next beer. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. He's a very good resume. All right. So I'm pretty excited about this next one. This was um, this was one that I said I felt like I needed to have. Um I'm going to try to read it off the label, but as we talked about, the wording is so small. I did read it ahead of time, though, so maybe I can do it by memory. So this beer is called The Evidence, and it is a... Oh, God. It's impossible. So basically, it's a um, sour IPA. I, th I think it might be an Imperial Sour IPA. And it's uh, done with, if I can remember, blueberries, blackberries, boysenberries, and raspberries. Hmm. Okay. So Sounds a fruited, sour, a fruited IPA. sour IPA. And the ABV is, I think, six. Okay. There's a problem. I can't no read this thing. <laughs> I don't think you could read it either because look at this. It's, it, it's so small. Well, in addition to it being... Oh, yeah, the label. Yeah, the label's like kind of glittery. So in addition to it being small, it's hard to get the words from the glitter. It's, yeah, it's bad. 
Anyway, here we go. Whoa. first. Oh, man, it's dark. It's such... It's that, like red. Yeah. This might be like one of the darkest. That's insanely red. I mean... A lot of the beers like this are like pink, but this is like red. Yeah. It looks like... It's, it's dark. Yeah, it's insanely dark. That's nuts, man. Like, I was going to say at first that it looks like cranberry juice, but cranberry juice has, like, a little bit of a clearness level yeah. to it. So it's kind of like if cranberry juice just had all the pulp in it, too, and you couldn't see through it. Yeah, that's... I don't Does think this I've have... ever seen a beer yeah. that that dark red. Does this have vanilla in it? I don't think so. But then again, I can't friggin' read it. So, I just can't... I don't think so. I don't think it does. I'm getting vanilla on the nose. Okay. I don't smell. By the way, like, the 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 head on top, like, it is pink, but it's almost red. It's like, dark. it's so deep pink, it's almost red. Are you getting vanilla? I'm getting, like, a butterscotch, oh. actually. Which, if that comes through in the taste, would be diacetyl. Mm. Which wouldn't be good, but... And then it's just like a nondescript berry. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to pick out those individual just berry like flavors. Lots of, yeah, lots of berry. Yeah, it's just like, you know, for how much berry is actually in there, it's not as aggressive berry on the nose as I would assume it is. It is a little more kind of soft, which is a good thing in my opinion. It doesn't really smell sour to me, though. It smells sweet and fruity. And I just took a sip, and I don't... It doesn't taste sour either. I think it tastes like just fruit juice. Well, I mean, you can start with a sour IPA, and then if you put enough fruit in it, it's not necessarily going to end up tasting sour if they're, you know, because of the sugar content of the of the actual fruit. Um, I get a little bit, I get a bit of a tartness on the finish, though. A little bit. It, it, to me, it's more just like a fruit tartness. It's not like a tart beer. It's just like... I'm not tasting what we were talking no, about smelling, like neither. that little bit of butterscotch or vanilla. I'm no, not tasting that, so that's good. Yeah, it's just it's like juice, man. It's just, it's just like berry juice, but there's alcohol in there. I mean, I could drink that for breakfast. Yeah, definitely. It's good. I like it. I mean, there's something not to like about it. Yeah, basically. Do you do you like uh, berries mixed berry smoothies? Then you will yeah. like this. Um. And this thick, like there's like residue on my glass. I finished my little pour. I will tell you what's not at the end that I'm happy about is there's none of that naked Cheerio note that I get with oh, a lot of fruited sour see, beers. I like that. I don't, so I'm glad it doesn't really have that. It's just For me, the fruit. The, I wish this was like a little more tart or a little more sour since it is supposed to be a sour. Yeah, I can hear you on that. Uh, but I, I do quite like it. I do think the skins from the berries come through in a little bit of a tannic note in the beer. Do you feel that way? That's almost making it a little bit tannic like a wine. Like a wine. It's like a fruit wine. I can see that. It's a solid beer. It's good. Yeah, it's good. All right. Okay. So, Matt, the head brewer, worked at O'Connor, and then he moved on to work at The Alchemist. Oh, wow. Okay. And then from there, he went on to Hill Farmstead. 
Okay. So, okay. So, really good pedigree as far as. Okay. I guess, hold on. There's more. He also then did an apprenticeship at Cantillon in Brussels. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Um, so that kind of gives you a little bit of background about where his brewing history came from. Well, my question is, how do you get your foot in all those doors? I don't know. Well, I mean, okay. I guess it's mainly the first one. Like, was was the Alchemist his first one? You know? Like, the order of it? I don't... I think it was Alchemist and then Hill Farms. And then Hill Farms. Okay. So I, I would see, like... My question would be, how do you get your foot in the door at Alchemist first? I could see where after Alchemist, you could get your foot in the door at Hill Farmstead because Alchemist has a high reputation. And then after that, you could get your foot in the door at Cantillon as well. But that's cool. That's that's very good beer pedigree. Yeah. So after he was working all, at all those places, he returned to Virginia to be near family and then to open the brewery, which with the with Dustin and Dave, who he kind of met along the way. And it sounds like Dustin and Dave did most of the, you know, drumming out most of the funds to start the brewery. Nice. Um, so the veil, the name, the veil, do you know what that means? I have no idea where it came from. Okay. So the name pays homage to spontaneous fermentation. Italian winemakers call the protein based membrane that forms on souring veal beers, the veil. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know. I, I thought maybe it, uh, referred to an actual like physical cloth veil because their logo has like a hand waving like a little, yeah. Like a Cloth, hanky, basically. Yeah. Like a old school doily yeah, type Yeah, no, it's... That's interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I thought know. that was interesting, too. Um, and their focus is on quality. Here's, you know, here's their... Yeah, Every, like everyone says. Every, everybody's... Experiment, uh, uh, old styles, made new, experimentation. Kind of. Want to be creative. Kind just of. Just looking to put out the best beers we can. Our focus is on quality, the freshest hops, and our yeast that sets us apart while offering a simple, approachable draft list in the tasting room. I like the inclusion of the yeast setting them apart. I think that's interesting because not a lot of breweries actually talk about their specific yeast, and a lot of breweries have house yeast that they end up using that definitely plays a part in imparting certain flavor notes. So that is interesting. Yeah. Um, and in some of the articles I did talk about how their tasting room has like, um, a feel for like a, a big city feel and they want you to feel like you're being trans transported to another city. Hmm. Um, which I feel like when we were there, like it does feel kind of Metro. and they have the, um, didn't they have shipping containers? No, outside? they had, um. I don't know about outside. It's no inside. They had, I'm drawing a blank on the word, animal busts. Busts of animals? Heads. You mean, are you talking about like taxidermy? Taxidermy. Heads? That's the word. Did they? I yes, don't remember they had that. like a big like ram goat. Oh, okay. And they had other ones. Yeah. Was it their horn swoggler? Maybe. <laughs> um,. But I thought that what also was interesting is they have an ADA-compliant part of their bar. You'll have to explain what that means. Oh, just the part of the bar that, like, wheelchair users could wheel up to. A lot of people don't know that term. Oh. Um, so I thought that was also kind of cool because that's very important to be fully inclusive. Yeah, no, definitely. 
Okay. Moving on oh, to next the next beer? one. Next beer. Okay, this is the one disclaimer that we already tried and do not like. Or did not like. Like we said, we're giving it another shot. Because maybe the conditions were a little off or something. We don't know. So this one's called Creep Creep. And it is a... I'm doing this by memory because I can't read the thing. Uh, it's a double dry hopped Imperial IPA brewed with actual pumpkin pies. Like they put actual pumpkin pies inside the beer. So that's what it is. And it's like, it's 9% alcohol. So high. So it's, it's what they do as far as IPAs go. So it is hazy IPA, but it's high alcohol. So maybe that's part of the reason we didn't like it because We've been very outspoken on the podcast about how much we dislike hazy IPAs that go high ABV because it's not a style that can really hold, you know, stand up against high alcohol typically. But we'll we'll reevaluate. We'll see. Now, the other thing I want to say about this, because people hearing it could be like, they put like whole pumpkin pies in this. Yes, it's crazy. It's nuts. But they've done stuff like that quite a few times. Uh, my favorite story of a beer that they did that I wish we could have tried because I really am just curious how it was. Could have been good or bad. They did one with fried chicken where they legitimately put fried chicken in the beer. Really? Yes. So I could I could see that going either way. I could see it being kind of good because the extra proteins in there would give it like a really nice mouthfeel potentially. But I could also see it not being good because if... It mainly just imparts the fried flavors. Yeah, that, that could, could be, be gross. Weird. But I don't know. I just, but yeah. I'm just yes. talking about that so people know that they've done wacky stuff before like that. So it smells, oh, color. It's really yellow. It's even yeah. more yellow than the sure, sure was for sure. For sure. And you can't see through it. You can't see through it. It doesn't have much of a head sticking no, around doesn't. either. Which is probably because the high ABV would be my guess. It smells spicy, like hop spicy. Yeah. It smells, yeah, it smells like, um, yeah, like certain hops have like a earthy spiciness to them. It does have that type of smell to it. I do get citrus with it for sure, though. I don't smell pumpkin pie, though. No, I'm not getting any of this... No, no spice, not spices and pumpkin pie spice. I do smell just like what kind of smells like straight up lupulin. Yeah. You know, just like really dank type. That'd be from the double dry hopping. Pineapple in there. Tangerine, I think, in the nose. I can't get past the spice. The spice is so thick for me. When I take a, like a deep inhale... I, I get a little bit of the alcohol sticking through in the end. Yeah. I'm getting spice and alcohol. And that's yeah. about it. It does, it smells solid. Like, it smells pretty oh, yeah, good. Yeah, it smells okay. Yeah. I like the smell of it. The taste is... Kind of tastes like sour orange juice. Yeah, I could see that. There's a with with a bitterness. There, there it is. That was the problem we had when we had it before. <clears throat> On the first sip, I didn't get it. On the second sip, I get what's referred to as hop burn. Um, and I've I've experienced that a few times in beers, but I'll I'll talk about it after we fully 
break this beer down. Then I'll talk about it. I'm getting the spice, the hop spice. Yeah. I will say that it's coming off a little alcohol hot, a little bit. Okay. But not as much as I would assume for it being 9%. I get the yeastiness at a higher level than we did with the Sure Sure that you get from Hazy IPAs. I get no sort of flavors indicating that there's pumpkin pie in this at all. So that's a failure there. I know. It's such a big letdown when you have, Mm -hmm. you advertise as having something. Like I want to taste an aspect of whatever you're putting in it. Yeah. Because that's what sets the beer apart. Other than having like some citrusiness, like there's an oranginess to it. There's a little bit of a pineapple note. It's real low level though. And it, it, like, the the bit of the alcohol heat, that yeastiness, that spice to it that you're talking about, like, that overpowers a lot. Yeah. Um, so it ends up being kind of low flavor, in my opinion. I think there's a decent bitterness, but the flavor doesn't balance out the bitterness. So it's just yeah. kind of, like, no flavor, s- spicy, kind of weird, and then bitter. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work. Um it doesn't work. And and what I was talking about before is that, that hot burn. So literally it burns in the back of my throat and it's not from the alcohol. It is a very aggressive, almost caustic type burn that burns like a chemical does, like a cleaning agent. Now that's something that happens with hops, with hopping in beer when you go too far with the hopping. And this is something that's kind of being looked at. I was reading an article about it. It's something that's being researched right now. We, You know, the industry knows a little bit about it, but they're still researching it. So this is kind of a developing thing. But the article I was reading was interviewing, I think, the head brewer at Other Half Brewing, which there's a location of Other Half that opened in Maryland just recently, like right outside of D.C. Or I think it might technically be in D.C. I don't know. We'll have to go there at some point. But they are very well known for their hazy IPAs and doing a really good job with it. So the guy they were interviewing, their head brewer, was talking about what hot burn is and basically breaking it down where when you get to a certain level of hopping, you're not adding anything good to the beer. Mm -hmm. Like hops only are beneficial to a certain point. And then if you keep adding hops past that, it starts imparting bad flavors on it and doing bad things to the beer. And that's what hop burns ends up being is that you're hopping it too much past what the base beer can handle. And it then manifests in this like caustic burning, um, which is not good. I mean, it's Mm. obviously not good. Like for that reason, I think this is a failed beer. I don't think it's a good beer. And also the fact, like we said, that you can't taste the pumpkin pie. Yeah. And you're billing it as a pumpkin pie Imperial IPA. It's a failure in many ways. Yeah. This beer's not good. Um, I personally don't think they should have sold it. But maybe some people out there like it. I think they should have done this. Someone thing. must have liked it if they packaged it. Mm-hmm. I guess. We have two more. Does anyone want some? Yeah. Because <laughs> we don't want it. Okay. So, um, the Vale now has locations in their original location in Scott's Edition, Forest Hill area of Richmond, Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia, 
And then they have a Funk House Cafe, which is their funky and barrel aging facility, which is also in Richmond. But that is currently closed, and I'm not sure if it's related to COVID or mm. if they had to close for another reason. I, I, I don't know. But other interesting fact is they have an Airbnb property at their Forest Hill location, which is a two-bedroom, two-bathroom little apartment area. Oh, wait. So you can, like, stay inside the brewery? It's, like, attached to the brewery. Like next but door can you have access to the brewery at night if you want? I don't think like so. Like a nighttime <laughs> I don't beer? think so. That'd be awesome. I'm not sure. I couldn't find it out, like, if there was any other perks. It would be awesome if one of the amenities for it would be, like, feel free to go and drink however much beer you want. It's included in your stay. <laughs> so, like, literally you could wake up in the middle of the night and be like, I feel like just going in there and just pouring myself some of these beers out of the tap, which I'm sure they can't actually do that because of, you know, serving laws. But, yeah. But that's cool. I do think that's cool that they have that Airbnb. It reminds me of two things. One, that Dogfish Head has their own motel now. Right. And they've had it for a few years now. But And then also that the BrewDog location in Columbus, Ohio has the ability for, they have a hotel inside their brewery where people can stay inside the brewery, which looks really interesting. Yeah, I'd so, love to do that. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, and there are <clears throat> delivering and shipping throughout Virginia. So the last thing I was going to do is just going to read what they had on draft. Do you oh, want to do should. the last beer? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. So we intentionally had the beer that we did not like third so that we could finish with the beer that we think and hope will be the best of all these beers as like a quick bounce back. So this is, they, they have a beer called Hornswoggler and Hornswoggler is a chocolate milk stout. Now they've done things to it over time. So for this one, it, this is their coconut marshmallow vanilla Hornswoggler. Co coconut vanilla? Coconut marshmallow vanilla. And you can read that on there? Uh, on the top, and then on the side, actually. Chocolate milk stout conditioned on coconut, marshmallow, and Madagascar vanilla beans. Mm. And the ABV is... I don't know if I'm going to be able to see the ABV, though. Seven. It's seven. Okay. I got it. It the, sounds really good. The writing's a little bit larger on the, this. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's not written all the way at the bottom of the can. Well, and we had Hornswoggler when we were at the Vale yeah. before. Just the straight-up Hornswoggler. And I remember really enjoying it. I remember the name. Well. How can you forget? I mean, it's a reference to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Obby. Which it seems like a decent amount of breweries are referencing that movie. At least lately. Oh my gosh, it looks so thick. Doesn't Little, it? Obviously, the veil's been doing it for a bit now. Alright, yeah. Yeah, it looks crazy thick. There's like no head to it. Because it's that thick looking. It's very dark, obviously. Oh my gosh, it smells... It smells like marshmallow. It's marshmallow and vanilla. It's got a real caramelly smell, too, though. Don't you think? Yeah. Do you get the coconut? I get the vanilla. No. The I vanilla get, and the marshmallow kind of, like, go together, yeah, I, I feel chocolate. like. chocolate. Definitely the, char the chocolate. The chocolate's very, like, milk yeah, chocolate. Yeah, it is. That's a beautiful milk chocolate smell. I really enjoy that. Yeah. I am getting... With the caramel, it's a little butterscotchy too, though. Not getting the coconut. Yeah, I don't really get the coconut in the nose. Hopefully, it's there in the flavor. Um, this is a nice nose, though. It smells really good. 
It's weird that there's not a head to it, though, even when I swirl it up. It's weird. Hmm. It's very chocolatey. Oh, it's very... Whoa. That is so much chocolate, dude. But I'm not... I'm getting the vanilla. And that's about it. I'm not getting the coconut. Yeah, I don't get the coconut. Vanilla slash marshmallow, because those are kind of similar flavors. I'm getting that. Yeah, it's it's predominantly chocolate, like milk chocolate. Do you get a heat to it? Like mm. an alcohol heat? Yeah, yes, yes, alcohol heat, yes. I was just thinking, this feels like more than a 7% yeah. beer. Yeah, it Are you sure it's does. 7 Well, I can't read properly on 17? these damn things. <laughs> That's their fault. No, it it legit says seven. Seven. I'm it pretty tastes, sure it's seven. It's funny that you said that because I was thinking that as well, that it, it feels like it's a, a bigger beer. Yeah. The way the alcohol presents in this with a bit of a burn on the end is like 10%. Yeah. So that's not a good thing. You don't want an alcohol heat on a 7% stout. I don't know what went wrong here, but... It's okay. I want more, though. Yeah, based off what it's called, it's kind of like with the Creep Creep. Based off what it's called, I would have liked it to deliver better. For sure. It's still okay. It's just so much chocolate. It's like chocolate vanilla. Yeah, it's it's like chocolate vanilla. If you're looking for the coconut, it's not really there. The marshmallow, interchangeable with vanilla, so I guess you could say it's there. Yeah. But so much chocolate. That's really unfortunate how much the alcohol comes through. Really unfortunate. Okay. It's okay. Yeah, I want. I definitely wanted more out of that. I feel like this whole lineup is just okay. Yeah. Yeah, sadly to say. Yep. I feel like the beers when we were there were better. Yeah. This is uh, have, a little I'm gonna disappointing. I'm going to read what they have on draft. They have a very extensive draft list, so... Something should be good. Yeah. Um, I like the sour IPA is good. It's just not what I want it to be. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Because it's mainly just like juice. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read what is on draft. And I'm going to read the Scott's Edition location just because that was their first location. Okay. So they have a Cinnabon Lord Wang Doodle, which is a... That is also a reference to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It is, is it? Yeah, Wang Doodle. Oh yeah. What? Where is that in the movie? When they're um, naming off all the things that the Oompa Loompas have to run from oh. in their land. Oh. The vermicious canids, the horn swagglers, the snozwangers, the Wang, Wang Doodles. Doodles. Oh. Yeah. So it is a blend of imperial milk stouts aged in wine, red wine. Maple apple brandy bourbon and Laird's apple brandy barrels conditioned on double Oreo, double maple syrup, Vietnamese cinnamon, Madagascar vanilla, caramel sauce, and toffee. That sounds good. It does sound really good. This Hornswoggler, by the way, is very sweet. Yeah. We forgot to talk about that. It's very sweet. It's like the diabetes. Um, the next beer is We Demon. Enhanced, which is an enhanced version of a triple IPA. Paul Bear, which is an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels for 18 months. Is that a referencing? Is that a 
referencing um, wrestling, maybe? I don't know. Just a question. Maple, apple, brandy, coconut, wangdoodle. That sounds like it could be really good. Which is an imperial chocolate stout, imperial chocolate milk stout aged in Laird's apple brandy barrels that held maple syrup for 13 months conditioned on coconut. Hmm. Lord Wangdoodle 2020, which is the same thing as the Cinnabon Lord Wangdoodle, only without the caramel sauce and toffee. The double white Russian bourbon horn swaggler, which is a milk stout aged mm. in bourbon barrels for 14 months, conditioned on double coffee, double vanilla, double natural flavoring. Which I don't know what that what means. What is that? What is natural flavoring? I guess they don't want to give away what it is. I don't know. Bourbon curse of satisfaction. Imperial sweet stout aged in Weller bourbon barrels, conditioned on Dolce de Leche, single origin coffee, and Vietnamese cinnamon. Black Bugatti, which is a triple, black triple IPA. Hmm. Not a lot of people doing black IPAs. Ever Again, which is a non-alcoholic Goza. Non-alcoholic? Interesting. I mean, we had a non-alcoholic Goza on the show before, and it was not bad. It's a non-alcoholic Goza with raspberry puree. Could be good. Beige Mieta, which is a IPA. Special Combo Number 7, which is a double IPA. Melacola, which is an open fermented can conditioned farmhouse inspired ale, which is a, it's a clean Saison, they say. Oh, I don't ever want to be you. And it's all run together. I don't ever want to be you. And be you is be you. Double dry hopped. Double IPA. Child support. We had that when we were there. We did. And we really liked it. We brought, I think, two four packs of that back. That was good. It's a single hopped hoppy pilsner. Thorn, which is a lager. Ginger snap bourbon apple brandy wangdoodle which is an imperial chocolate milk stout aged in bourbon and apple brandy barrels for 15 months, conditioned on ginger, vanilla, cinnamon, honey, and ginger snap cookies. Sounds like a lot of work. I know. all of these, <laughs> A lot of these are just like, oh my gosh, yeah. they're mouthfuls. Double vanilla bourbon curse of satisfaction, which is an imperial sweet stout aged in bourbon barrels, conditioned on dulce de leche, single origin coffee, Vietnamese vanilla, and double, Vietnamese cinnamon, and double vanilla. Wine doodle. Wine doodle, which is an imperial chocolate imperial chocolate milk stout aged in Virginia red wine barrels for eighteen months. Vanilla and single origin coffee bourbon wang doodle, which is an imperial milk stout aged in bourbon barrels for fourteen months, conditioned on coffee, a blend of Madagascar, Tahitian, and Mexican vanilla beans. That better be very vanilla. -y. Maple apple brandy wang doodle. Imperial chocolate milk stout aged in apple brandy barrels, barrels that held maple syrup for 13 months. Maple apple brandy circle of wolves, an English barley wine aged in apple brandy barrels that had previously held maple syrup. Hmm. Hazelnut and almond apple brandy wang doodle, 
Imperial chocolate milk styled aged in apple brandy barrels for 13 months, conditioned on hazelnuts and Marcona almonds. Bourbon wang doodle, Imperial chocolate milk styled aged in bourbon barrels. Black Forest Vermicious Kind. Knid. Knid. Also from Willy Wonka. Really? Yeah. 100%. Barrel aged wild sour milk stout aged on coconut. And by the way, on that note, do you notice on the picture for uh, the label for the Hornswoggler, there, on the H of Hornswoggler, there's a hat, a top hat. Like oh, Willy yeah. Wonka. And also the... The animal Hornswoggler has a Oompa Loompa leg in his mouth. Oh. So, just... And the writing is similar to Willy yeah, Wonka. very, yeah. Banana Fluff Bourbon Wang Doodle. Imperial Chocolate Milk Stout aged in bourbon barrels for 13 months, conditioned on marshmallows and bananas. Little BB Brecky Tasty. A smoothie sour ale brewed with milk sugar, maple syrup, strawberry banana, and blueberry puree. That sounds good. Sticky Ferrari, which is a double hopped double IPA brewed with marshmallows and vanilla beans. Still going? Yes, there's so many of them. That's all actually on tap? I don't know. That's what it says. <laughs> you don't need to read all of it. How many more are there? Jeez. Oh, only three more. Okay, go ahead. Nature Boy, which is a triple dry hop double IPA. Blue, blue... Mita Mita. It's a double dry hopped IPA. And Shiboya Sunday Tasty, which is a smoothie sour ale brewed with chewy milk sugar, yuzu juice, a blend of strawberry, persimmon, peach puree, toasted black sesame seeds, and Madagascar vanilla beans. Yuzu is really good, by the way. It's like a citrus fruit from Japan. Oh, and the other thing I didn't mention was. That's kind of interesting is they have a cool ship on the roof of their, I'm assuming their original location. Oh, interesting. So they will do wild stuff here and there, I guess. I'm assuming I, all the articles I could read were back when they first opened and they said they were mm. going to wait a while. Oh, okay. And even when they started to do that, it would take a while for them to come out just because it takes a while to get them where they wanted them to be. Makes sense. Um, so, so I, Honestly, as you were reading through all those beers, I was going back and, you know, retasting these beers to figure out my ranking, which I have now. But also, I experimented a little bit, and I did a 50-50 blend of the Evidence and the Hornswoggler, and I actually think it's pretty good. I think it's better than either of the beers on their own. <laughs> oh, it's good. Yeah. The, the Evidence and Hornswoggler 50-50 blend, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Better than either of the Chocolate beers on there. Chocolate and berry. Yeah. I, I think what it did is it took a lot of the sweetness away from the Hornswoggler, which is kind of sickening sweetness, and took the fruitiness down a little bit from the Evidence. It works well. So, yeah, when I went back and, like, retasted through all these, I was like... Of the lineup we had, there's a lot of sweetness in these beers. Oh, you think so? Yeah, there really is. It's like an underlying theme of like a lot of sweetness showing up, especially that Hornswoggler. Um, so, I guess that's their thing. I don't know. Anyway, do you want me to go first on the rankings? Yes. Okay. 
So really no surprise. Uh, the last one, last place, number four, is the Creep Creep. The one we said is a failed beer, basically. Uh, that's the double dry hopped hazy Imperial IPA with pumpkin pies that you cannot taste. Um, the number three is going to be the Hornswoggler, the uh, coconut marshmallow vanilla Hornswoggler, which is a chocolate milk stout done with coconut marshmallow and Madagascar vanilla beans. It's just very sweet. You get no coconut. It's too sweet. Um, and it high alcohol perception for a 7% beer. That's not good. Um, so number two is the evidence, which is the sour um, IPA with blackberries, boysenberries, blueberries, and raspberries. That's pretty decent, but it, you know, it, it tastes like juice, basically. You can't really tell it's beer. And my number one's the Sure Sure because it's actually a hazy IPA that I can drink and kind of, you know, actually enjoy. Because I usually don't enjoy hazy IPAs, so. So mine's yeah. similar, a little different. Um, number four is the, what is this one called? Creep Creep. Creep Creep. The Pumpkin Pie IPA. And my number three is the Horn Swaggler. Is your number two the sure sure? Number two is the sure sure. And then my number one is the evidence. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Makes sense. I think that um, the sure sure tastes most like a beer. Yeah. <laughs> the, re the, the other three don't at all. So, I don't know. Sorry, if people really love the veil, this has kind of been a little bit of a downer on the veil, but it's just our taste, basically. Yeah. They're and very popular. They're making plenty of money. And, I mean, granted, it's been several years since we've been there, but, um, well, no, we were there twice. Yeah. Last the most recent was like two, two or three years ago. I think two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. Um, we had a good time. We had a lot of good beers there. So yeah. they, they are definitely making good stuff. This, unfortunately, is just the lineup that is not, not so hot. Not so hot. Yeah. But. Well, and if anyone from the Vale hears this and is like, man, that sucks, and you want to send us beer. Yeah, make it so up to us. So we could basically do a redo. We would be down for that. So just send us an email at brutalbattlepodcast at gmail.com. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, anything else? I don't think so. All right. Fun? Yeah. I didn't have that much fun with the beers, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> I had much higher hopes for the actual beers. But, oh, what the hell was that about? Our water just fell over. Water fell over. Maybe that was the ghost of the veil. Just yeah. Being mad about our review. Anyway, thanks everyone for checking this out. And until next time, keep it brutal. I feel so